This is Matthew Hester, Senior Pastor at Dominion Church. I want to thank you for joining us this week on the Dominion Church podcast experience. Our podcast aims to deliver truth from God's Word concerning His kingdom and your righteous identity as His beloved child. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, and do share it with a friend. We pray that you are blessed, challenged, and changed by what you're about to hear. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome everyone here at Dominion and those in Facebook world and also in our other media uh, softwares that we have uh, launched out and given, uh, made access for people to come and view us. We want to say thank you for being with us tonight. I'm Tim Scipio, one of the pastors here at Dominion, and I'm excited about sharing tonight, and I'm excited about sharing with my people here who are here. Uh, It's a good time and a good day uh, because God is here with us. So I want to start by praying, and then we'll get started, okay? Father, we thank you for tonight. Lord, your good and your mercy endures forever. And I just submit everything that I've done, uh, uh, the limited time and the limited access to all your wisdom that I've had, because, you know, you have so much, but I can't receive it all at one time. But we can receive what we can. And so tonight, I pray that everyone that's listening or watching us here can receive what they can catch what they can and Lord let it let it minister to their hearts let us receive what we need Lord, to push us forward to propel us forward into destiny and into embrace more where you have us God so we thank you for that now in Jesus name amen all right so we all are part of a prophetic house and sometimes you know, it's hard to remember that sometimes because we don't prophesy as much as we used to. You remember that? You know, back in the day, we used to prophesy a lot. We had training sessions left and right. We had Friday night services. We had Wednesday night services. We had weekends that we had training going on. And 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 and, and so I've been here since 1995. And so in, in all that time, I have trained, been trained, receive words and giving words in all that time and in all of that time i have a green three ring binder that has multitudes of prophetic words in them that are promises to me i've seen many of those words come to pass Uh, one of them is sitting right there beside my son a prophetic word that came to pass more, more than one prophetic word that was given to me that that uh, it took a long time for it to happen but it happened and so tonight I just want to talk about God's promises and our responses God's promises and our responses and you know one of the things that I want to uh, get us to think about is is, is God's promise and second Corinthians 120 says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by who? By us to the glory of God. So there's a decree of God's promise and then there's a response from us in response to his word. Amen means what? 
so be it. So be it. God said it, so be it. God said it, so be it. So we said so be it because we trust that the word is true. And that he is good who spoke the word. Right? And so that's what God's, when we say God's promises are yes, that means he's not saying no. Now we're talking about his promise, not, not something else that you might ask for. But, but understand, you can ask for things that line up in his heart for you. And it's a yes. So I want to talk about how sometimes we have received the promise from God. But from my perspective, I say, I'm going to say from my perspective, it didn't happen. And what happens when that happens? I know my response sometimes is disappointment, discouragement, anger. Hopelessness sometime. But I know what it should be is praise. Should it be uh, hope? Should it be a, re- a reminder that, hey, God is still good and he, you know, his delay is not a denial. But what if what he, he told me sounded like it meant a certain thing? And so let's, I, want, I want us to look at some things in Scripture tonight. Because I know we all have experienced this. I, I know I have. I've been in, in the middle of some things, and God has spoken a certain thing, or he reminded me of something. And based on where I was at that time and that season of my life, I assumed, I assumed that what he said meant a certain thing. Then when it didn't happen that way, I'm angry. I'm mad at God. Now, that doesn't always happen, don't get me wrong, but it happens sometimes. It happens sometimes. So, I got a couple questions that I want to ask tonight that as I ask them, we're going to look at the scriptures that, that kind of help us out and help us kind of see where we are, okay? Um, so, how should I respond when I feel like God did not keep his word to me? Ooh. That's a strong question there, man. How should I respond when I feel like God did not keep his word to me? Oh, another question is, what can cause the first set of responses, which I gave you earlier, you know, disappointment, hopelessness, despair, anger, confusion. What can cause those responses? Was it maybe a misinterpretation of his words? Okay, so those are kind of the questions. And then... Go back to it. Go back to it. Also, say this one right here. This is another question you can write down. What did he say? What did he say? And how did I interpret what he said? Okay. So my text tonight is going to come from Luke. Okay, and we're going to start it in the twenty-second chapter, and we're just going to read some scriptures, and then we're going to just going to take from that, those scriptures. Just some thoughts. Now, again, we're talking about what God has said, right? And many of you have prophetic words, and we got the Bible. We got the Bible, and God's word is in the Bible, and it shows us things that, about his promises, his heart for us. And we read the Bible, and we get a, a glimpse of his heart, and we know what he says. But then we get even more personal with the Holy Spirit, and he begins to give us what we call rhema words from the Scripture. 
and he just makes it come alive as we read. And then even more so, the Holy Spirit gets even more personal, and he starts sending people your way, and they start speaking prophetically into your life. And so you get those words at different seasons in your life. And so in the scriptures, we see here in Luke, Jesus and his disciples. You know, Jesus has been talking to them about, you know, his future. Notice he said his future and their future and what is about to happen to him. And he's been telling them over and over again different ways, different ways, and sometimes playing sometime in in parable-like form about the Son of Man and what's supposed to happen to the Son of Man, right? And, and then there were a couple times he made it pretty, pretty, clean, pretty plain. Uh, I'll go here. Uh, And he said right here, I'm going to go back, I'm going to go to Mark right now. And he said here, he says, for he wanted to spend some time with his disciples and teach them. He said to them, the son of man is going to be betrayed into the hands of his enemies. He will be killed, but three days later, he will rise from the dead. Now that's pretty plain right there. So he told them that. Now, I'm not going to speak bad about these guys because I've been, I, I know where I am right now. Okay, because <laughs> I've heard the Lord say things, and, I, and I, I just didn't get it. I didn't get it. And so, but that was pretty plain, but they didn't get that. How do you know they didn't get it? Well, let's go here to Luke now, and let's look at some of this right here. And I'm going to read more than what uh, is, needs to be, but I need, I need to read it all, okay? So here we go. Y'all just stay with me. We're going to be at Luke chapter 22, starting at verse 36. But now he said, take your money and a traveler's bag. Again, we're going about what Jesus is saying. So we want to listen to what he's saying to everybody, okay? And if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. Okay, so Jesus is talking about swords now. So, now, so remember, if y'all remember, his disciples had a mindset that Jesus was coming as a major warrior king at, in, in this first time here. And he was going to take over with force. So that's what was in their minds. And so now Jesus wasn't talking that way prior to this time. He didn't say anything to them. Matter of fact, if I, if I go back up a little bit, he said, um, Jesus asked him, when I sent you out to preach the good news, this is verse 35, he said, when I sent you out to preach the good news and you did not have money, a traveler's bag, or an extra pair of sandals, did you need anything? They said, no, Lord. But now, he said, take your money and a traveler's bag. So things are shifted. So, they now, so, so now, he said, when, that, when I sent you at that time, it's, it was in a certain season. Now the season has shifted, he says, but now. So in their mind, oh, some things have changed. Take your money. Oh, I'm taking my money now. Okay, okay. And a traveler's bag. Okay, I'm, I'm ready to, oh, we're getting ready to do some stuff here now. It means we're going to ready to go far and wide. And if you don't have a sword, oh boy. Oh, ho, 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 ho. the power is going to be given to us and we're going to cut some heads off, boy. We're going to cut some heads and some ears. <laughs> All right. He says, if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. For the time has come. Oh. Jesus has just said something. He said, for the time has come 
So you're thinking in your mind, I know I am. I'm just kind of reading into this. The time has come. The season has changed. The Lord is saying the season has changed. For the time has come for this prophecy about me to be fulfilled. Oh, yeah. He was counted among the rebels. Oh, oh. He was accounted among. Jesus is about to get buck wild. He's about to take it to these people. You know what I'm saying? Yes, everything written about me by the prophets will come true. Look, Lord, they said, we have two swords with us. Jesus said, that's enough. So he has confirmed that their weapons, their bags, their money is what they need. And they said, God, we got two swords. We're ready for business. He said, that's enough. That's enough for business is in their mind. Oh, yeah, we got enough sword, enough power to take care of business. Okay. Now, I want to remind you of what was happening at this time. When Jesus was talking to them about this, this was right before the time of his betrayal by Judas. So Judas had already gone to the high priest and all those guys and made his deal. Okay, and so they were actually in route that same night as he's talking to them about this stuff. That same night he's talking to them and telling them these things. And so Jesus said, okay, I made my statements. Now I'm going to go pray. Y'all come on with me. Let's go pray. So he goes to the Mount Olives and they're praying. He's, you know, you know the scripture where it says he's prayed the great drops of blood and they were, they were halfway praying and they were sleeping. Okay. And so they get to a place. It says, at last he stood up again and returned to his disciples, only to find them asleep, exhausted from grief. Why are you sleeping? He asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. But even, and this is where it comes in, but even as Jesus said this, a crowd approached. Oh, here we go now. So now we see a crowd approaching. And what Jesus told them recently, just maybe an hour or two, I don't know how many hours it was, but it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't days before. It was, it was a short enough time before this, uh, this time. He told them something, and they interpreted what he told them a certain way. Okay, so here we go. But even as Jesus said this, a crowd approached, led by Judas, one of the 12 disciples. Judas walked over to Jesus to greet him with a kiss. But Jesus said, Judas, would you betray the son of man with a kiss? When the other disciples saw what was about to happen, they exclaimed, Lord, should we fight? And you know what they didn't do? They didn't wait on his answer. They didn't wait on his answer. They didn't say, Lord, should we fight? Wait. And for Jesus to say, oh, no, don't do that yet. No, he didn't. They didn't, they didn't give him time. Zoop. A boy took that sword and used it. And Peter is the guy who did it. Quick to draw. Zoop. Zoop. And cut the man's ear off. And Jesus had to say, no more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. So here we go. Jesus told them a certain thing. They interpreted it 
as a certain new way of conducting themselves because Jesus told them the season had changed. Jesus told them the season had changed. And so now they assume, well, that means my mode of operating, my mode of how I do things is changing also. That's how they interpreted it. Because how, what, what, what else would it mean if he's telling us to have swords? We know that they misunderstood it because Jesus told them not to do that. Okay? Jesus told them not to do that. So breaking this thing down, so they, they got Jesus. He, you know, he, he stopped the fight. Okay? He, he stopped his boys from, from, from fighting with the swords. They, they, they all were very upset and mad because Jesus got taken. And so we see here in Luke 24. So let's, if you go to Luke 24 with me. Luke 24 shows us a little bit more what's going on here. And this is the resurrection. So again, y'all remember what I read in Mark, right? Jesus says in Mark 9, verse 31, 32, he said, the son of man is going to be betrayed into the hands of his enemies. He told them that, right? Then he says he will be killed, but three days later he will rise from the dead. Now, he actually told them that. But I want you to see their response because of a misunderstanding of, this, of that word. They interpret that word in a different way. And look at their responses to what he said was going to happen. But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? Thank you, Lord. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. And then this is what he told them. He says, remember what he told you. Back in Galilee. So he reminded them of what he told them. That the son of man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. And that he would rise again on the third day. And verse 8 says, then they remembered. Then they remembered that he has said this. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell his 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. So here we go. These folk are discouraged. They're, dis they're disgusted. They are hopeless in a sense because the person that they thought was the Messiah is dead. They didn't have much hope. They were just coming to put the spices on the body and that would be it kind of. They were just wanting to do the ritualistic process of putting spices on the body. They didn't, they didn't come there expecting to see him risen. Okay? So their response, their understanding, their interpretation of what Jesus said was lacking. So we're going back to the promises of God because that was God's promise to them. He would suffer, be betrayed, die, and, re and re the resurrection. That was a promise. But they didn't get it. So I want you to parallel it to your life, to our lives, how God has told us something. And it was kind of plain, but because of the season we were in, 
because of things that were happening, because of the, the atmosphere of, of the word when it was spoken, like when he told them to have those sword, that sword, you know, the season changed, things shifted. And also they were in the middle of the Passover season. They had just had the Passover meal. And so there was excitement in the atmosphere. There was things, there were things happening that, 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 that warranted for an excitement about something about the change. So in your lives, in our lives, there are things happening. Things, you can feel the shifts. You can, you can sense things happening that you know something is different. And, and so you, you go back to prophetic words. You go back to what God might have said to you that morning. And you think because of what's happening, it means a certain thing. But we got to be slow first to check with God on meaning. So let's go and look at something. So they rushed back, told the guys about what was happening. They thought it was silly, didn't sound right. So they didn't believe her. Peter and another guy ran to the tomb to look at it. They found that it was actually empty. Okay. However, that same day, Resurrection Day, Jesus had to talk to some other people. Who did he talk to? I bet y'all remember. Y'all remember? Emmaus, the men on the road to Emmaus. So let's look at that. Let's read that right quick. Okay, so these were also his disciples. These were people who also were told about what was supposed to happen. And you know that because Jesus is going to rebuke them as he talks to them because he had already told them what was supposed to happen. So let's read it. Verse 13 says, that same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? You know how Jesus is. He's just talking in this, you know, you don't even know it's him. I wonder how much the Lord has done that to us in our lives. Now, he may not have just visually appeared, but maybe he appeared, you know, in a saint. And he's speaking prophetically to you, and you don't even know it's him. Because we're not focused on his heart. We're focused on the situation. So these men were focused on the situation. They were focused on what had happened, but they were not focused on God. They were not focused on the word that he had spoken to them to remind themselves of what he had already said. They were focused on the situation. So how many people have God sent to us and we will focus on the situation, but he was speaking prophetically and he didn't stop speaking prophetically because you wouldn't focus on him. You would focus on the situation, but he was still speaking to you. So here's Jesus. I said, here's Jesus now. Speaking to them, but they focus on the situation. Here we go. So they stopped short. Sadness written across their faces. That is one of the responses that happens to us when we're not really locked into the true interpretation of God's word. We have our own interpretation of what he said instead of his true interpretation. So when something happened, it didn't happen the way we thought it was going to happen. Sadness gets written all over our face. So these guys have sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that happened when there the last few days. 
you know, Jesus claimed playing with him. He says, what things? The things that happened to Jesus, man. <laughs> I took that, that comma out. <laughs> Put it in a different place. <laughs> he actually said, <laughs> oh, man, the things that happened to Jesus. The man from Nazareth, they said. <laughs> he was a prophet who did powerful miracles, and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. Now listen to what he said right here. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This has happened three days ago. So guess what now? So they, they had hoped. So they, they believed that he was the Messiah. But they forgot what was supposed to happen to the Messiah. So guess what? When they forgot what was supposed to happen to the Messiah... They lost their hope because they didn't, have a, they didn't have a full revelation of what was already told to them about what was supposed to happen to the Messiah. Well, man, God said something to you about what was supposed to happen with you. He told you what was supposed to happen to you in your life and how you was going to do certain things in your life. But you forgot one part. You forgot one part. Or you thought it was the season, but it wasn't. That's okay, though. Let's keep moving. Then some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early this morning. And they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing. And they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see. And sure enough, his body was gone, just as the women had said. Then Jesus said to them, you fools. No, he didn't say that. He said, you foolish people. Yeah. <laughs> now, granted, now, the reason why he said it like that. He wasn't talking to people who he didn't have a relationship with. He spent time. Let's, 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 paint, let's paint this picture. He spent time with these boys. He had outings at Top Golf. He cooked out with these boys. He went hunting with these boys. He spoke with these boys on the boat. He, I mean, they went fishing together. They, I mean, these guys hung out. They heard his heart inside and out. And they're talking foolish like this. So he says, you foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures? Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Wow. By this time, they were nearing Emmaus and the end of their journey. Jesus acted as if he were going on, but they begged him, stay the night with us since it is getting late. So he went home with them as they sat down to eat. He took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly, the eyes were opened. And they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. I am hoping for some suddenlies tonight. Lord, I just pray that now. Lord, I pray that suddenlies happen in our hearts and our minds. That you will help us see areas where we've just missed it, Lord. 
we had misunderstanding. We didn't understand what you had already said to us. We apologize. We repent. But tonight, Lord, have mercy on us like you had mercy on the men of Emmaus walking with you. Have mercy and open our eyes to see you, to see you where you are right now. We thank you right now, God. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. Man, I'm telling you, it is so important to see what God sees. When God gives us a word, it is so important to go back to him and stay close with him. It took, you know, OT and I got married in 2007. I got my first prophetic word concerning her in 1997. It's a long time, isn't it? And then I got another word in there because he, he wanted to have mercy on me. He gave, me, he gave me another word of encouragement <laughs> to help encourage me to keep doing what he was telling me to do. But it took some time. Now, I'm going to tell you something that, that I just recently went through. I was mad at the Lord. Um, and I, had, I, I, thought, I thought this was the season for something in my life. I thought this was something that was going to happen, and this was it. And, uh, and, so, and, the re and, and there's a reason why I thought that. Is because standing up here and praising worship one night with in here with everybody in this room right now, I was praising the Lord, and in the middle of praising worship, he reminded me of a prophetic word. But I misunderstood what he was saying when he gave me that reminder. I took it to mean a certain thing. And when I took it to mean a certain thing, I got disappointed. I got dismayed. I got angry. And I asked the Lord, why did you even remind me of the word if it didn't mean this certain thing? Why would you even do that? I mean, you know, I feel, I feel like you deceived me. And so I was, I was kind of letting the Lord have it one night in my, in my, in my bed, just kind of talking to him. And then uh, he asked me this question. He said, uh, and I, I don't know if the Lord ever asked you this question before, but he asked me this question. It's kind of a shocker to me. Are you going to forgive me? I said, okay, I, I guess I am going to forgive you, Lord. And once I forgave him, <clears throat> then he explained it to me. He explained to me what it meant. See, the prophetic word was about me becoming a principal over a certain school, over school. And, and I was in, I was up for an opportunity for a job. Pastor Matthew knew about it. Got his you know, prayers and everything. Got several other people's prayers concerning that. And so when God gave me that, you know, after I had already prayed and I hadn't had even had, I hadn't even had the interview yet. And I was so cocky and confident that I was, this was, this was it. And I had even told Alexis and Jonathan, listen, this prophetic word was back at this, this back in 2013. It took 18 years for this thing to come to pass. I'm about, I'm about to shift. I was confident. I mean, I was like, this is it, man. But it wasn't quite what God was saying. And so let me tell you what he was telling me. So after I forgave him, okay. <laughs> You know, and I had to, because I'll tell you, I did, man, I was mad. 
I was, I was really mad. I was upset because I thought he had deceived me, you know. And so I was like, Lord, why, man, I don't understand this. And I forgave him. Then he, he explained to me. He said, listen, I gave you that word before the interview as an encouragement to you to let you know that this, the interview you was going for, the job you were going for, was not the job. But the word is still true. The word is still yes and amen. The word I gave you, I wanted to give it back to you again just to remind you, even though you didn't get this one, it is still true for yet for an appointed season. And so when he did, I said, my God, Lord, thank you. So he wanted to remind me that the word is still for an appointed season. It's just not for that one. That one. And so he reminded me to keep on pressing. Go back to what you've been doing. Do it in excellence. Do it in excellence. And so I want to encourage you all. Let the hope of God be in you. That maybe something you thought was supposed to be for this season. Because God gave you a prophetic word, a promise. And it didn't happen. I'm going to tell you something. It looked, everything looked good, man. I mean, the season, everything was going, different ones saying different things. And, I'm, and then just the atmosphere of the, of the whole dynamic felt good. But it wasn't the season. Just like those guys, Jesus told them to get their swords right. They thought it was the season of cutting off ears and cutting off heads. That wasn't the season. Wait on the Lord. Let him show you what season you're in. Let him interpret the word. I interpret. I was right here, guys. I was right here praising God. I received it. I interpreted the word. Instead of sitting down and letting him show me what it meant. I didn't. I assumed. And I got discouraged. I got disappointed. But man, God is so good that he, he's willing to help us get past those things. Get past those things. So I want to I show you one of, your, one of the responses you can have. And it goes back to my, my sister, our sister, Mary. Look at Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, you see the, 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 the kingpin, uh, Gabriel. I call him the kingpin. It's the... He wasn't a kingpin. He was the, he was the archangel. Gabriel came to, came to Mary, and he spoke to her about Jesus, about her going to be pregnant. She was going to be um, endowed by the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to read that to you. And I want you to look at her response. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favorite woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think of what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, 
but how can this happen? That's a good, she asked a good question. But how can this happen? I am a virgin, the angel replied. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived the son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Can y'all say that with me? For the word of God will never fail. Man, that's powerful word. That's Gabriel saying it to a woman just like us. Mary responded. This is what I want y'all to get. Mary responded. I am the Lord's servant. We can say we are the Lord's servant and we are his sons and his daughters. May everything you have said about me come true. That's her amen. The word of God, as we said earlier in the very beginning, 2 Corinthians 1.20, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so there through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Mary did the amen. That's what her statement didn't say amen. It was an amen though. It was an amen to the promise of God. And I want you all to get that in your heart tonight, that you have the amen to the promise of God over your life, that God has spoken it and it's yes, and you have the amen. You speak it, decree it. Your decree is your amen. Your decree is you affirming that what he said is true and it's for yet an appointed season in your life. So, Lord, we just thank you right now that there is yet an appointed season for the word to come to pass that you've spoken over dominion, over each person in this house. Yes and amen. Yes and amen. So be it, Jesus. So be it, Father. Amen. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you.